0: Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. This is your host, Michelle Gale, and today I am here with Ashanti Branch, who is the founder and executive director of the Ever Forward Club, a nonprofit committed to supporting young men of color in middle and high school by providing them with safe, brave communities that build character and transform lives. The ever forwards club work was featured in the documentary titled the masks we live in which i highly recommend Um, this documentary follows boys and young men as they struggle to stay true to themselves while negotiating america's narrow definition of masculinity i believe it's free on netflix still ashanti is a sought after speaker he's spoken for us at wisdom 2.0 and he's phenomenal on a stage He also leads workshops for youth of all ages and from a broad range of communities. He is on a mission to change the way that students interact with their education and the way schools interact with students. Thank you for being with us, Ashanti, welcome. Ashanti, I'd love for you to share your story with us and uh, tell our listeners about how the Ever Forward Club came to be.
1: So my name is Ashanti Branch. I'm from Oakland, California. Um, I was raised by a single mother, um, on welfare. Um, three months before I was born, uh, my father died. And so when I showed up here on earth, um, there were already things that were messed up that I had no control over. Um, and no one even gave me an option on how they were going to show up. Um, and so I struggled a lot trying to figure out what does it mean to be a man in this world with not having a man in my house? Like my mom, she really taught me about being nice and kind and gentle and generous and all those things, but um, somehow on the playground in Oakland, those uh, qualities weren't always uh, respected. And oftentimes they would get me in more trouble than they were beneficial to me. So I just had to learn from people out kind of in the community, which always weren't giving really good messages about what it meant. So elementary school, you know, you can kind of fake it pretty good because you're with the same kids all day, when you get to middle school it's a whole nother world because now you got like 180 kids you got six classes a lot more people to try and impress or to somehow stay away from but um, I found myself trying to uh, fit into a lot of different crowds and I was going on the wrong road If you saw me in middle school you would never be thinking um this guy's gonna be on a podcast one day well they weren't even podcasts back then anyway so definitely wouldn't have said that but you'd be like this guy's gonna be what they study when they say how you can mess up your, your future. Cause I was on the wrong road. Wow. There was a teacher who saw enough of me to pull me aside. And she said, look, um, I know you're sad that um, your father died before you were born, but life doesn't give you what you want. Life gives you what you get and you have to make the most out of it. Wow. Now, When I was sitting here listening to her, just talk on, I didn't hear anything she said for the whole half hour. That's the only sentence I remember. And it changed my life. And so after that, I came. I don't know if it was the same day or the next day or the next week. But um, my 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 focus towards life changed. Instead of being like really angry about my father dying, I just became like I wanted him to be proud of me. I, I changed my context. And so I go off to high school. My on track or you know focus on going to college. Um, and 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 a, and a pivotal moment happened in high, in high school. I tried to join this program for first-generation college students called Upward Bound. And uh, Upward Bound, I filled the application the same day I got it. I'm like, oh, this is my program. Like, they're going to help me get to college. And then I, the lady called me in the next day. I was like, got my interview. I was ready. She said, like, I'm sorry to tell you that um, you don't qualify for this program. I'm like, yeah, I do, because I want to go to college. And she was like, well, but you're not first-generation. I'm like, of course I am. We're we're poor. And She's like, well, no, but... Your, your mom went to college. I'm like, it's not possible that my mom went to college. We, we're poor. That's why like. my context was like, if you go to college, you're not going to live in an existence where you're financially barely getting by. Yeah. And she said, your mom's a teacher. I'm like, so? Because I didn't even realize that as a teacher, my mom had went to college. And I was disappointed with my mom. I was disappointed with her career choices. I was definitely clear that I would never, ever be a teacher and so that moment in my life, I made two decisions. At first, I would never, ever be a teacher. And two, um, I will have a job where um, if I go to, when I go to college, I'm making money. Like, and so I go off to college, uh, civil engineering, graduate from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and uh, I'm excited. I'm making money. I'm back in the Bay Area. I'm like, this is beautiful. Um, but after five years, I somehow I wasn't really happy. And mm. I was like, they said the dream is like, you go to college, get a good job, make a lot of money, and live happily ever after. I already planned out my 45. I was going to retire at 45. I'm going to have my house in the Oakland Hills. I'd already had it figured out. But after five years of it, I was like, why am I not happy?
0: Wow. And so that, you know, bringing in the mindfulness, like there was a voice that you were hearing.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. oh it was it was tapping. It was like saying, hey, you should be doing something different, something else, something more meaningful. And I, I was, wow. I fought against it. There was no way wow. you could have told me that I was going to do anything wow. else because I worked so hard to become an engineer. I worked so hard to become yes. uh, financially well off as a, you know, poor boy from Oakland now as a civil engineer, making really good money. And so um, it happened when I started tutoring at Upward Bound, <laughs> mm. ironically. And this fire, this this voice started saying, this is what makes you come alive.
0: <gasps> Wow.
1: But this, is, this is, but I, you know how scared I was of that voice? I was so scared that the day I actually saw this like light, literally, I saw this light helping this kid learn how to multiply polynomials. Um, I quit that tutoring job that day. I was like, you know what? I felt something saying, hey, you, this feels better than anything I've ever felt before helping another person learn. And I was like, wait a minute, but teachers don't make money. Cause my mom was a teacher and so i t- went to that front desk after the kid left and i was like i quit <laughs> they were like what, you what do you mean you quit like i'm like i'm I, I said after this sat season is over i'm done and um and it, because i felt it i felt it and i felt i felt a battle with myself i felt a battle with working hard to begin, have a good lifestyle and knowing that as a as a teacher my lifestyle would be very different and mm-hmm. And maybe you know i know that your happiness is not rooted in money but um it could fund the research <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? like I I, did, I I worked hard to not ever worry about can i go on this vacation or can i take this trip or can i do this like i want that's, that's why i worked so hard and um to go to a profession where you're like you get paid at the end of the month and you gotta manage <laughs> a whole month's worth of mo- that that's not fun mm. <laughs> that's not fun <laughs> and um but but I, when, I, when I started, that first day of teaching, I was clear. You I knew first that. Day of my credential program, I went back to school to get a credential and my master's in education. I was clear from the first day that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I had been preparing all along and I didn't even know it. And so that's how it happened.. And, and wow. so my first year of teaching, oh, the, the ever forward started out of that. So first year of teaching, I'm failing. Like, <laughs> I come to this job, my heart tells me you should be doing this job. I get in the front of these students, and these young men that were in my class were really smart, but they were failing my class. I was like, why are you failing my class? Like, fail the class some somebody here don't like you, you know? Don't fail the class of me, because I'm here for you. Yeah. I got your back. I'll come early, I'll stay late, I got food in my room. What do you need? What do you need to help you be successful? And I think for them, uh, what they told me... Uh, when I invited them to lunch that first time, I said, look, um, teach me to be a better teacher. Like, tell me what I'm doing wrong. I'll fix it. If it's fixable, I'll fix it. And that's how the Ever Forward Club started. I wasn't trying to start a nonprofit. I, I think if you had told me I was trying to start a nonprofit, I would have been like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs>
0: that might sound worse than teaching. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I
1: already, I'm already doing the teaching thing. I'm already making no profit. You want me to join something that is actually called a nonprofit? Um, I, something <laughs> would have totally set me off, <laughs> but, oh, but I knew that those young men were looking for something. And it would, I, and I couldn't do it in my classroom. Like the support they needed couldn't have happened while I'm trying to teach 30 kids at the same time, the same curriculum. Like mm-hmm. they needed some attention that was like, I see you. Yeah. And you. And you can't be like, I see you when I'm looking at 35 of you. You can say, I see you, but technically, you're trying to do the best you can. You know, it needs to be like a doctor relationship where you come in the office, we have a talk. You may not listen to what I'm telling you, but I'm going to have a talk with you one-on-one. I'm not going to try and diagnose all of you (laughs) at the same time and be like, I got what you need. Here's what you need. You all need the same stuff. So... (laughs) take these notes <laughs> put them in your notebook they're going to change your life right
0: yeah what was it shanti what was it about the kids in your classroom and about kind of tapping into what they needed i mean what what were those signposts cuz i imagine you know there's parents listening like what am i listening for you know you were hearing something underneath it all
1: yeah i mean i was i was seeing young men who who i could tell were who were, were bright who were showing up every day to school doing nothing Like, you're here every day on time, yet your paper stays blank. Unless I'm, like, standing over your shoulder and, like, either, come on, let's do it. You can do it. Come on. Either I'm doing that or I'm, like, on you. Like, what are you doing, right? Like, and I was like, wait a minute. You you can do the work when you're prodded or pushed or somehow maybe celebrated. But, I I mean, technically, when I'm teaching a classroom, I don't have the time I mean in the capacity of, a fifty-minute class, or whatever the class period is, to come to every individual and and be like, celebrate you right now. Like I, I want to, I would love to, but our teaching system doesn't allow for that. How do we? How do we help those young people who learn differently? Mm-hmm. We don't, don't want to ask questions out loud because they don't want to feel like they're dumb or feel like they're mm-hmm. um, like they're a, a nerd or a, te- or a teacher's pet. Like they had these names that they what they called anything about trying to be smart, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that for them. I needed to basically say, look, you're capable of way more than you're doing. So tell me what I need to do differently to help you. And I think that what, you, what I was listening for was just for, to ask a lot of questions. Yeah. I knew that if, if you told me, when those young men were like, it's not cool to be smart, right? That was their language. It's not cool to be smart. I know that as an adult, I could say to them, of course it's cool. It's yeah. cool to be smart.
0: Try or, to talk them into it.
1: Or, or tell them, hey, don't worry about what it feels like right now. Wait till later. Then mm. you'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're 13, cool later doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You know, as a freshman in high school, you're like, I'll be cool in five years. Um, no. Do do? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, tomorrow's Friday. And, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not, it's not working, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that delayed gratification of, like, work hard now and then it pays off later, our youth are so used to everything happening so fast, right? Yes. There's no there's no mailing a letter anymore. You don't mail a letter, put a stamp on it, wait for the person to get it and then they mail you back. That's that's old school, right? Now you send a message and somebody doesn't respond in 3 minutes, you're like freaking out. You're like why you ever, Why you even responded?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I was drinking water. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So you asked them, you got cur- you were curious with them.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And that's what that every four was about was about asking a lot of questions. Cause I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I was really, I was ready to quit. I was a first year teacher ready to quit. Cause I was not going to be a teacher who hung on to a job just because like, I felt like I, I was smart enough to teach math. I knew the math, but if you, if these students are not learning from me. The ones who need, who, who I felt like I became a teacher for, I became a teacher for all of them. But there was a group of young men who kind of looked like me and you're like, dude, I got you. I'm here for you. you, Why are you not learning from me? Like, and I want you to be successful. So I'm like, I was going to leave. So I think that when I started asking them, so teach me to be a better teacher, like tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I think that I was inquisitive and that's what ever forward is, has really been all about is like asking a lot of questions. Students know (laughs) they if you meet anywhere. young man, you say, so what about ever forward? Tell us about it. They, they may not ever say we ask a lot of questions, we ask a lot of questions.
0: Wow!
1: Right? How are you doing? Yeah. Fine. What's fine? <laughs> yeah. Because because if they tell you fine, fine means different things to different people. How is your day today? Good. What's good? Right? Because you your good may not look like my good. Yeah. And so if I'm assuming that I know what your good is, then I leave the conversation open. Then I could be totally missing out on learning some more. And so I always push students um, to to go deeper. Sometimes you know, and sometimes they don't like it. You know, sometimes they like it because you, they got somebody who's really caring and and, and taking them serious and yeah. making them important. Yeah. But it was always about just helping me to learn how I can be a better service to them, how I can serve them better as a teacher. Um,
0: and what a beautiful message for parents, right? To, to always be, you know, asking our kids, how can I be a better parent, right? I'll often, sometimes when I'm, <laughs> and this is a little bit of a, uh, a thing that I do when things are hard yeah. and I'll ask my kids, you know, how am I doing on a scale of one to 10? How am <laughs> I doing as a parent? Right. And, and they'll say, they'll usually be like nine, 10, mom, you know, and meanwhile I'm like, but, but I was just awful. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. right. Haven't I been awful? And they will almost always, they're so forgiving. Like mom, you're too hard on yourself. You know, you need, you need to be easier on yourself. And I'll say, well, tell me, there's got to be something, right, that I can do better. And they'll usually come up. They're like, well, you know, when, when you put me to bed at night, you know, maybe, you know, I, I'd like you to stay even longer. I know, like, maybe to make sure I'm really asleep or, you know, whatever <laughs> it might be, they'll come up with some things. Or yeah. don't ask me, you know, after school, right, I don't do this anymore. But I used to ask, well, how was your day, right? Yeah. I don't ask that anymore. And that was actually something they requested. You know, like, I don't really want to talk about it when I first get home. Nice. So I think that's what I'm hearing from you and that parents can take from this is to be asking, you know, ask the questions. How can I do better? Like, what can I do for you? How can I be a better parent? You know, give me a grade, help me out. Just tell us about Ever Forward, kind of how, what it is, what it was when it started, what it is now.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to say, but before I go there, I want to say what you were saying about what you do for your sons mm. um, is to say, look, I asked them that question. I wanted to know how I could be better because you felt that maybe there was something you can grow on. And I think with parents can take on that um, position of humility to mm. say, I'm not perfect and I know it. And therefore, if I can let my kids know that I know I'm not perfect, because I think sometimes our young people are trying to emulate adults who have put on a mask of perfection. And so the same thing with teachers. If I tell teachers, and when I do work with teachers and with parents, I'm like, if your child doesn't know the things that bother you, that make you sad, that make you unhappy, that make you com- concerned, then how do they know how to manage their own if they have adults around them who never deal with anything? And if your child doesn't think that they can come and tell you something that is uh, not necessarily pleasant and you won't lose your mind, you won't like go to the school and like create a ruckus and make it worse. Like, I think that sometimes I, I work with parents and I'm like, does your child know he can come to you and tell you anything or tell you some things? Like there's always stuff kids who may not tell their parents, right? I mean, I didn't tell my mom nothing. I loved my mom, still love her, <laughs> but I didn't tell her nothing. Cause I knew that if I tell her something that was happening, she's gonna go blow it up. Like she's gonna make it worse. So, like, when I was getting bullied in middle school, I didn't tell my mom. The only reason she found out was because I was coming home every day, like, super hungry. Like, and I was, like, eating up as much as I could because I had no money for lunch. So I was coming home trying to eat my lunch and dinner at the same time. And she was like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, you got a tapeworm or something? Like, I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, no, this is not fine. Like, and that's how it came out. Like, I was like... I was not. I, would, I had to give it up, fighting and scratching, because all I could see her doing was coming to the school, trying to be protective mom, and then making my life miserable even worse. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna give her do my lunch money. It's, you know, yeah. it's better than my mom coming to the school making me embarrassed because she's trying to fight some kid, right? Yeah. But I think that I didn't know that she could handle it, and so yeah. I think that having the relationship is open where they say, mom, I'm dealing with some stuff, uh, and then asking, hey, how do you want me to help? You know, when I was raising my godsons, when stuff was going on, you know, I would say, well, how do you want me to help? Do you want me to help or do you want to tell me so I can know about it? And I think when the young person can be a, be a part of the solution, when they don't tell you and then you take over and be like, I'm going to save you. And then they end up being like, oh, yeah. I that's yeah,
0: and that's a practice for parents, right? So that's where the the these these beautiful wisdom practices, these mindfulness practices, help us so much because it's not easy to meet to meet you know those dramatic parts of our lives with equanimity, right? To meet it evenly and to say, okay, I can hold that. There's something really difficult going on right now, yeah. and I can yeah. keep myself calm and receive Absolutely. it, right, and not have to react. So you know, the, the mindfulness practice helps us. With non-reactivity, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we we're, doesn't mean we're just, you know, mummies and not responding. It just means we're able to notice, you know, the anger coming up and the fear and and know we don't have to act on it right now, right? Mm-hmm. We can do what you're suggesting and ask questions and be with them and also ask them, what are you needing from me? Right? Do you need me to just listen? Do you yeah. need me to help you? Yeah. Right? What what do you need? And and what a good habit to get kids into to be able to ask for what they need from someone from in front of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? and, and I think also having that place where you're like, well, you told me you don't want me to do nothing, but I have to do something. Right. My like, and, and being honest with them, like not like telling them, okay, I'm gonna do nothing. And then you're, you're at the school the next morning. Right. But yeah. saying, look, I need to do something because it doesn't sound like you're safe or it doesn't sound like that person that you're with is making good decisions and you're, you're you something like you're in jeopardy. Like, so how can I, you guys give me something I can do or or give me a timeline of when I can check back, right? Because I think it's just today, the knowledge that our young people are dealing with, the knowledge that they're, they're, they're in their world is so much in a different realm than when I was in middle school, right? Yeah. The access to information was is so like fast and rapid and the amount of times of communication is so different. So it's always a different world, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. that pressure to, you know, to be, you know, social media gives, make especially for kids. You know, I'm so glad my 13 year old hasn't, isn't interested. <laughs> Thank goodness. And he comes home and he's like, mom, why would I want to do that? And everybody's crying, you know, makes everybody cry. <laughs> We're like, what am I going to do that for? So we've, we've put it off, you know, so far, but, it really, it's, you know, kids have to be perfect, you know, and adults too, right? Sometimes on Facebook, I'm like, okay, can we just, can I just, what's really going on? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got their perfect facade going on. And then we pressure, you know, that pressures kids to feel like that's who they have to be. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so it goes so beautifully. What, what you said earlier, which is like, show them the truth, right? Take off the mask.
1: Yeah. And and that's one of the things we do at Ever Forward. So when we come together, when our young men get to come together in their circles and they're in the brotherhood, the Ever Forward clubs, there's mentor led. So we work at their schools. They get a safe space to be in this circle, talking with other young men about what's going on in their life. Like in a safe place, like knowing that in this, wherever we say in here stays in this space, but knowing that I'm dealing with real stuff. And as humans, we're all dealing with some kind of challenges. The question is, My challenge may look different than your challenge, but we're all dealing with some kind of life challenges as a part of growing up. So when they get a space to be able to say, I'm human, I feel and feeling is, is okay. And is expected. It's human. Then they get a safe space to be able to talk about it without, without believing that somehow uh, they're strange or somehow they're uh, alone. And the work we do with the mask, you know, when the documentary, the mask you live in came out, which is about American masculinity and, you know, how society is failing our boys. When that came out, it really just opened up the conversation even more to what our struggles our boys deal with around being able to talk about human stuff. Because we are told that if you feel, if you're you're sensitive, then you're feminine or that you're gay or that you're not a man. And there's a very short list of things you can do to prove to people that you're manly. And if you step off that list... (laughs) Uh, society has a way of pushing you back to the, to the box. They call it the man box, right? Pushing you back in the box. And if you choose, I'm not going back in there and they'll push you so far out that you feel like you're alone and you feel like no one wants to be connected with you. And I think that oftentimes our young people, uh, they, they, they go into this quiet desperation of like mm. trying to do it by themselves. They don't have to resort to drugs and alcohol and gangs to, to like feel like they're okay. Like they they have a place and people they can talk to in healthy ways. That is absolutely transformational for our young people and for adults. Yeah. When, our, when our parents go through our workshops and we tell parents the same thing, look, um, do do you are you recognizing the part of yourself that you don't talk about much? Like, do you know the part of the mass that you don't get to show? Mm. And when people get a chance to like explore that, when they get a chance to like name that, then it helps them when they see somebody else when they're meeting they know they're meeting that mask as well. Yeah. And, and yeah. same thing, you know, for teachers, for parents, parents are like the first teachers of, of kids, right? You're the first person who gives them guidance and and knowledge and wisdom and expectations and rules and uh, things like that. And so this is how we try and support uh, parents in that way.
0: Wow. And I, I didn't even realize you were doing parenting. Um, you met with parents. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the themes the things you see that come out of that lessons like deeper lessons you might be able to share with our listeners
1: yeah you know when, when school sometimes schools bring us in to do parent workshops or the PTA will bring us in they may do a screening of the documentary mm-hmm. and they'll bring me in to do a workshop with parents or with teachers but what we the themes that come up from parents is like how do I help my young men I think one of the questions I got the a couple of weeks ago that was such an incredible question And I'm still grappling with the answer of that question. The parent said, as a mom, she said, how do I support my young man to uh, not get bullied, to be tough enough not to let people bully him, but also that he doesn't become so aggressive that he becomes uh, a bully, right? Like, do you imagine that? Like, I want my son... To so not get bullied, I don't want to get bullied because it's not—it doesn't feel good if you—if you know that right experience or if you just can think of it, it. Doesn't feel good to have somebody every day just pushing you and oh my goodness. Oh, so okay. that's, that's another. Okay. We we'll
0: pause. Um, we can pause.
1: So welcome to a uh, middle school. We have uh, all kind of things happening. So I'm gonna just pause it. I'm pause. gonna just put it. I'm gonna turn it off so you can we'll pause. Oh, that was a short announcement
0: good there we
1: go okay we're, we're back
0: and, and we start again we just get to practice pausing <laughs> and starting again
1: I should just say, take a breath take, take a take breath. breath while you while you focus back on your middle yeah. school announcements
0: exactly.
1: the principal over the loudspeaker yelling some instructions <laughs> And This is the last week of school, so it's a lot of uh, a, lot a lot of excitement happening here. A lot right?
0: going on, and we're yeah. thankful you're with us, even though you're still at a school. Thank you, Ashanti. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely. No, this is great. Yeah. This is great. Um, and I think what I was saying was about
0: hmm, the parents' workshop.
1: The parent workshops. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the things that parent asks about: how do you help your young man? The
0: bully, I mean, the bullying like, story.
1: Not be bullied. Yeah. Right. And then how do you help them? So if I'm going to teach them how to be tough and be a little bit more like in control of his surroundings and whatever. Like my mom, she didn't teach me. My mom didn't teach me an edge. She didn't. I don't think my mom knew how to teach me an edge. How do you teach a boy to have an edge so no one takes advantage of him or pushes him around? Like, how do you teach that? Right. I I, I don't know that my mom knew how to do that. She definitely didn't do it. So she taught me nice, kind, gentle. And so I go to the park, I go to school, I go to playground, and I'm trying to be nice, kind, and gentle. Where all the other boys are being like rough and tough and all that stuff. And you're like, uh oh. Uh
0: oh. Uh
1: oh. (laughs) This is not working. (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? And so I think it's how to, but the parents, what I find from parents, they just want to help their child. They want to help them. I think something they want to help them not have to feel. The, the the pain of growing up sometimes, right? Yes. Because growing up is hard. Uh, and I think that it's how do we support them to to grow up in a way that they can um, be um, be whole and yeah. feel supported and know that they're going to have to make some hard decisions. And sometimes they're going to make some decisions that may not be the you know the best decision but they're going to do their best and they're going to keep going and they're going to keep trying like mm-hmm. they're going to have some wins Mr. oh boy <laughs> they're going to have some <laughs> All yes. right, this is to be amazing we'll see we'll see how it sounds when you play it back right yes but, um but they're gonna have some wins they are gonna have some losses but they're gonna keep going yes. right it's not like they're just going to make a mistake and they keep making mistakes on top of mistakes. because We're going to help support them and guide them. But I think parents, I think definitely around the, the documentary and the work we do, parents just want to help their young men be successful. They want them to be, you know, who grow up to be men of integrity. And sometimes when a young man gets to his, his age of like, okay, I, I'm, I'm growing up. I'm feeling strong. <laughs> I feel like I want to make my own decisions. When parents go from being the managers to being like a consultant, <laughs> things change right because parents are like hey i'm used to being able to pull you and drag you along with me everywhere i go and now you're like i don't want to go and then you're like what's wrong with my child you like, <laughs> exactly. don't want to go with me anymore you're like and i think there's that as they grow up and they're trying to like end up, be more independent you ultimately you want them to you may not want it to happen as fast as it does but when they're ready that moment is going to happen. Right. When, yeah. when, when, they, when they start getting interested in those things that you're like, I hope they never get interested in that. they you're like, Oh, <laughs> what do I do now?
0: <laughs> yeah, Ashanti, I wonder if you, um, if, if you can share what, you know, when you did the mask exercise with the parents, I mean, what, what was on the outside of masks?
1: Yeah. you know,
0: <laughs> and, and explain that exercise just a little bit of what you do, just so people know what we're talking about. And I'd love to hear that.
1: Yeah, I'll show you a little bit of it. So when we we have this exercise, uh, this is our new card. It's called the 100,000 Mask Challenge. And it may be upside down, but yeah. this is the mask. On this side, you have the front of the mask, and we have people write three things that they let people see about them, three qualities or characteristics. And so this one says funny, happy, smart. And then on the back, we talk about what are the things you normally don't talk about, you normally don't express. So this one says, dad, money, and emotions. Mm. And so what we found is we did a workshop with a group of parents, and after the parents did their card, I handed them a card of a middle schooler. Yeah. So I said, look, you decide which one you read about. Like, you're gonna read out loud one of them, and you, when you went around that room, you could not tell which one's read from the parent card or from the middle schooler card. Wow. And a lot of the emotions were, on the outside, I showed that I'm happy, funny, caring, loving, supportive, athletic, all those things. And the back, the stuff we don't talk about, it's the fear, the depression, the sadness, the fear of failure. The, and it happens. It may be better handwriting on one than the other, but the words and the meaning is so similar. It's so similar to know that we are dealing with similar stuff, just yeah. sometimes in more sophisticated realms. And so what we try and do with Ever Forward and when we do these workshops is saying, look, parents, you're, our young people are dealing with stuff because they are not talking about it.
0: Right.
1: If they always are saying, I'm happy and everything is fine, it may be that everything's fine. But do they have a safe place to talk about the stuff that's not fine? Do you have a safe place to talk about the things that are not fine? Mm-hmm. Does your child always see you as happy, loving, family connected, perfect, never making a mistake? And they're they're expected that they're like, okay, well, I can't talk to my, my parents about that because they wouldn't even understand. And I think that's the work that we're trying to help parents to know is that um, that yeah, we have a certain thing to do protect our kids from all of our adult baggage. I'm I'm not saying throw all of our our junk on our kids. I'm saying that our kids, if they're trying to emulate us and we're expecting them to grow up to be like us or better than us, do they know that part of growing up and being a well-developed human is to deal with disappointments and deal with challenges in a healthy way? And I think it's important for them to know how to deal with them. And if they never see the the people in their life deal with challenges in a healthy way, then how do they ever develop a way for themselves? And so that's that's kind of how the, the themes of the parent workshops come up. And I think when we do these workshops around the areas, we let parents know like it's so important that um, that as you're trying to help your child to grow through, and you're probably trying to protect them from things that you went through. Yes. So you're, you're probably putting pressure on them about things that they don't even get because they don't know what you're trying to protect them from. Right.
0: right? And yeah. you're not
1: telling them what you're trying to protect them from. You're just saying, no, do it this way because I want you to. and the context is lost right they're like you you're tripping about me hanging out at my friend's house like why are you tripping like you know what i'm saying like like, what would that but if you know that okay you don't do your homework this happens and there's a a progression it's not all academic stuff but it's life stuff it's like the the building blocks of life um i think that helps our young people know that okay and they may they may choose to make bad decisions or they choose not to make the best decision but at least you told them at least Hey, here's what I'm, here's my goal is trying to protect you from it. here's my goal is trying to not have you fall down this road or, or, yeah. or this, this path. I think those are some of the things that I think are really important.
0: Yeah. And you're just, what, what I'm hearing is you're giving them the gift of awareness of getting to know themselves. And once they know themselves, then they can even have the opportunity or the chance to know when they're with their child and not wanting them to do something or fears coming up. They, they have the awareness of, Oh, this is what this is, right? Like I you know, I know I had a hard time for me. I can give a personal one. I had a hard time in school. I didn't think I was very smart. Right. And so when one of my kids I can see is like doubting themselves or doesn't think they're smart. I mean, that is a huge trigger for me. Right. All the alarm bells start going off, like must do something, must do something. Right. And in reality, it's just my trigger. Like everybody goes through that at some point. Right. And I can help guide them through that without, you know, barfing my (laughs) past all over them. I hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you. And we're running out of time. I can't okay. believe it. 30, even 30 minutes. Oh, wow, um, you're fast. So before we, it did go fast. Before we end, um, I want to give you a chance to share with the audience how to reach you, the different programs you have going on, how they can support the work. You're a nonprofit and doing such good work, how they can support you in the world. So can you share, share, share so our community can, can, can help you and support you?
1: Yeah, thank you, Michelle. You know, the Ever Forward Club, when I first started, I was a teacher trying to just help kids pass my class. I wasn't trying to start an organization, but now that we have grown into a nonprofit organization, um, I'm just really excited to work with people and parents and community members who know some of the challenges of growing up. And our program right now is focused on supporting our young men around their safe and healthy social-emotional development. Uh, we, are, we can be found on most of the uh, social media platforms at ever forward club that's on twitter facebook instagram uh, we just launched this 100,000 mass challenge the card i showed you you can download these from our website you can do them with your friends and your community if you're an educator you can do them with you know your, your 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 church group your whatever groups you hang out with and giving people a space it's a way to really build connection um, and if we would ask you to just share them with us, like take a picture of it, there's no name on it, take a picture of it, text it to us, email it to us so that we can collect the data. And what we're trying to do with this information is show our young people that you're not alone. Like if you're feeling stuff that you think no one understands, if you go to our Instagram page and you look at some other masks, you will see that there are people dealing with the same stuff. So similar stuff.
0: And so people can bring you into their communities. Is it just in the Bay Area of San Francisco or can mm. they bring you other places?
1: You go all over the world. All so. over, all, all
0: over. over. So Absolutely. people can bring you to do the day workshop, um, parenting workshops. They can bring you to their schools, church Absolutely. groups, whatever it might be. We,
1: yeah, absolutely. We're building a team. So, and we're all trying to build our board of directors. So if you're a person who's also like, who's like, I want to be a part of helping this movement move forward, you know, we're trying to build our board right now. So, you know, reach out to us. You can go to our website and find all of our information at everforwardclub.org. And um, we're excited. We're excited to be a part of the community of serving um, youth teachers and, um, and parents.
0: Beautiful. And money too. Donations are always a good thing.
1: Absolutely. And as a, as a nonprofit that's growing in for the first time, you know, for 13 years, we started the program 13 years ago. And now as the executive director, we, our goal is to make our program sustainable. Yeah. And so anything, your support will allow us to do that. If you're passionate about this, um, see, go to our website, see what we're doing, see that we're, we're already making moves and, but we, we definitely need your support and we would love you to partner with us and become a partner with us in Beautiful. this world.
0: Beautiful. Well, may it be so. Thank you. Yes, may it be so. Thank you for being with us today, Ashanti.
1: Thank you for having me. It's to hang out with you again.
0: Yes, I'm just so happy to have you here. And we're going to sign off and say goodbye to our listeners. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Bye, everyone. Bye, Ashanti. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars in a favorable
1: review at iTunes.